My name is Thomas Gibbonsneff. I'm a journalist at the New York Times. I served in the Marine Corps as an infantryman. When it comes to reporting on the front line, a lot of the same basics are at play. Uh, you're looking at the map of where you're going. If you're on a paved road, field roads, you know, is there a hospital nearby? Is your body armor affixed with a first aid kit? Does everyone know where that first aid kit is? We arrive into a, a military position. I get out of the car. I look at my watch. You know, I set a timer. No more than an hour. I'm listening for drones, jets, check in with the team. Is everyone comfortable? And if they are, then we proceed. Frontline reporting is dangerous, but I think nothing is more important than talking to the people involved, you know, hearing their stories and being able to connect that with people thousands of miles away. Anything that can make something like this more personal, I think is well worth the risk. New York Times subscribers make it possible for us to keep doing this vital coverage. If you'd like to subscribe, you can do that at nytimes.com slash subscribe. From the New York Times, I'm Michael Bavaro. It's Thursday, February 27th. Here's what you need to know today. On Wednesday, U.S. health officials reported the first American infected with the coronavirus who had not traveled to countries in which the disease was circulating. Such an infection may represent a case of community transmission, which would be a turning point for the virus in the U.S. I've just received another briefing from a great group of talented people on the virus that is going around to various parts of the world. On Wednesday night, President Trump addressed the nation about the virus from the White House heralding his administration's handling of the situation so far, describing the risk to Americans as low, and appointing his vice president, Mike Pence, to oversee the response effort. We, uh, we're ready to adapt and we're ready to do whatever we have to as the disease spreads, if it spreads. Asked whether the U.S., would undertake the kind of sweeping measures used to contain the virus in China. The president said that nothing was off the table. Have you been presented any plans that would involve quarantining cities like we saw in China? And what would have to happen for you to take a step We do have uh, plans of a much, uh, on a much larger scale, should we need that. Uh, We're working with states. We're working with virtually every state. Uh, and we do have plans on a larger scale if we need it. We don't think we're going to need it, but, you know, you always have to be prepared. As of Wednesday, more new cases of infection were reported outside of China than inside of it. The total number of cases has now surpassed 80,000, and nearly 3,000 have died. And... At least 25 people have died in some of India's worst Hindu-Muslim violence in years. The violence began with a speech from a local Hindu official calling for the forceful removal of Muslims who were protesting India's new citizenship law, which is widely seen as discriminating against Muslims. Within hours of that speech, Violence had broken out, much of it directed at Muslims. The latest case of what many inside and outside of India see as the rising danger of Hindu nationalism. That's it for The Daily. 
I'm Michael Barbaro. See you tomorrow. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.